Good morning, everyone. Thank you for sharing space with me here at KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and live streaming us at KPOO.com. I want to say thank you to KPOO for providing this platform for Prison Focus Radio. Um, it is a real honor to be able to have this, this space. And I also want to thank all of our friends, our family, our community members behind the walls. Um, we hear you, we love you, we support you, and shout out to your families and loved ones out here as well. And um, we had Mother's Day weekend this weekend. Um, I want to give a shout out of respect and love for all the strength and gifts that our mothers bring to us, including uh, Mother Earth. But it's also a tough weekend for those mothers that um, have to feel the pain of remembering their sons and daughters lost um, by being hunted down, gunned down by um, uh, racist people, um, white pathology, state violence, police violence, um, and all the other ills that are plaguing our society um, and seeking to weaken our resolve, seeking to keep us um, separated from one another. And I want you to know that we're not going to let that happen. The best we can, we are going to put out a warm embrace and say that we see you, we recognize you, we won't forget you, we won't turn our backs. We have to bear this pain together and um, there were some great actions that happened this, this weekend, the uh, run with Ahmad, um, that's our chance for big love. Continue the big love, continue the radical, the radical love, the revolutionary love that says we care about one another. Let's keep that up. There's also an action at San Quentin to highlight the um, no state executions by COVID-19. Governor Newsom says that he put a moratorium on the death penalty. Well, uh, you renege on that when you allow our vulnerable um, people behind bars to be subjected to um, catching and dying from COVID-19. So... Again, we need to demand better for our people. We need to demand better and more for each other. We need to care for one another. Let's act in shared humanity, Ubuntu, and remember that this is about us. This is about our humanity. This is a human rights crisis that's taking place on both sides of the wall. And can we decide, are you for human rights or are you not? Um, again, this is a platform to hear the voices that we don't normally hear. This is Prison Focus Radio. We're going to start with my conversation with Ken Oliver. Here we go. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Well, hello, everyone. If you are just tuning in, I am going to be speaking with Ken Oliver from All of Us Are None. And if you have uh, been listening to the show, you know that we had spoken with Ken um, I don't know, a couple of months ago, maybe. Um, so we're going to be getting an update about what it is that he is doing. Uh, Ken um, has returned to us 
after spending 25 years um, in solitary confinement in a California prison. He is now with All of Us Are None, and he's doing amazing work. So he's going to be talking to us about what he's doing currently. Um, a quest for democracy is what, is what he's working on right now, and so we are going to hear from him. So thank you, Ken, for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me, Nube, uh, and I appreciate uh, all the listeners for tuning in. Fantastic. Yeah, we're really grateful to have you here with us. And I know you've been putting your heart and soul into um, this event that's coming up that um, LSBC and All of Us Are None are putting on, Quest for Democracy. This is an annual event, is that right? Yes, it's an annual event. It's, it's really something that I got introduced to uh, when I, once I got out of prison and started doing organizing work for All of Us or None, uh, after I did about 24 years in prison, uh, a large portion of that in solitary confinement, uh, when I got released, I had to kind of, like, take stock and, and sit back and figure out what I wanted to do. And I knew that based on what had happened to me and my prison experience, uh, both before going to prison and while I was in prison, uh, I knew that I wanted to be of service uh, to the brothers and sisters that I left behind, behind the wall. I wanted to be of service to the people that had gotten out and their civil and human rights were continuously being violated uh, through housing ordinances or through employment uh, barriers or even just barriers to transition into society in general, like the right to vote. So I knew that's what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be, and that's how I ended up at All of Us or None. And uh, I learned about Quest for Democracy, which... Uh, was started by Dorsey Nunn, who is the executive director of uh, All of Us or None, and his philosophy of having the people that are affected be honored and be uh, given the responsibility to exercise their voice for the things that they want in reference to uh, political capital, in reference to making demands for civil and human rights. Uh, his position and philosophy has been that when you have other people speak for you, oftentimes you get left on the fringes and they're not able to speak to the heart of the issue because they don't have direct experience and aren't directly impacted to the things that harm us and to the things that will make us whole. That's such a, that point right there about um, not having people speak for you um, and being it. So um, I would love for you to uh, speak more about, um, maybe about that. Like how, how is this, your dreams and desires, right, to, to come out and, and give back, right? Um, but that's something that we talk about when you, when uh, just going through your education, for instance, mm -hmm. right? We, but we don't apply these things often out here. Uh, we don't have that narrative for people that are returning from prison. Uh, you are saddled oftentimes with um, a, a label and a narrative that um, still tries to keep you down or be labeled as something else and constantly being put in the um, under uh, almost a continual control over how you get to move like you were talking about in terms of uh, the, the barriers that are constantly put up to you put up so I would love for you to talk about like how how that how is that working out for you? Um, being able to be in an environment that honors your voice and and respects your voice and being able to uh, now do this work that you're doing with democracy, I'm sorry, with, with Quest for Democracy and All of Us Are None, how is that playing out for you 
personally and and professionally? Well, for, <clears throat> for me personally, it's an honor uh, to be part of an organization uh, like Legal Services for Prisoners with Children and All of Us or None who believe and do the work every day under the auspices of honoring formerly incarcerated people. Uh, there's a staff of about 25 uh, at All of Us or None, and 80% of those people are formerly incarcerated people. And so one of the great things about Dorsey is he'll take you fresh from the prison gates and give you a job and pay you a salary and give you all the benefits that you would get working in corporate America, and then he'll kind of let you make your way and learn as you go along. He spends a lot of time uplifting, uh, advancing and developing leadership and organizing skills of all of us. And so it's really just a unique opportunity for someone to take you and say, you know what, even though you've just come from this drastic environment, this cold, sterile environment where your skill set may not necessarily be where everybody else is, is out here on the streets, we see value in you, and we're going to let you uh, lead this movement uh, for other brothers and sisters that are locked up behind the wall. So for me, it was just like the greatest thing ever to be embraced by a group of people like that who had that philosophy. Uh, and I've just learned so much in the 11 months that I've been home. I got out June 3rd of last year. It'll be a year for me coming up in a, in a few weeks. And the opportunities I've been given, the people I've met uh, along the way in this struggle uh, for civil and human rights for formerly incarcerated people is just something I couldn't ever duplicate or replace. It's been invaluable. Uh, in reference to Quest for Democracy, can I, sorry, can I just, um, sure. before we get to questions for democracy, because you brought up something I, I, I would love maybe you to suss out a little bit more, because it sounds like what you're really talking about is someone, an environment that, that recognizes your potential and the potential of thousands, millions of people, right, that are locked behind our, that are locked behind our walls. And I, um, so would you be willing to talk a little bit more about that in terms of through your lens? Because you are not only inside, but then now you're outside as well. So I know I'm going to assume that you, obviously, you were with all of those people inside that had all of that potential, that the untapped potential, that caged potential. And now you're out here um, being able to be with those other folks also that have come out and being able to realize and um, have their, their potential um, be, be honored. Would you talk a little bit more about that? Because um, that would be great. Sure. Just, you know, I, I guess it would be important for me to start out with the fact that I've met some of the best and most quality human beings, some of the brightest minds, some of the most creative individuals in my life uh, behind the prison wall. Uh, mm -hmm. That goes for people that are white, people that are uh, Latino, people that are black, people that are Asian. I mean, it, it runs across color barriers. And I think that, you know, what happens is when you have a society that demonizes people and is built on separation and the division of community, what we can do out here on the streets oftentimes is look at these invisible faces and these invisible people and these invisible voices uh, that are tucked neatly away in these remote areas of California or in remote areas of the United States, and we can kind of forget about these millions of people, as you mentioned, uh, that are in their language in, in, in what amounts to, you know, concrete cages. And what I tell everybody out here, every person I meet, you know, that ask about what you asked about, about potential 
human capacity. I tell them that some of the greatest people I've ever met are behind the wall and that, that every person behind the wall, the women behind the wall, the youth that are languishing in cages, the men that are in cages all have great human potential and all uh, have great human qualities. And, and, and the ones that we tend to think don't, oftentimes they come from places of pain and, and trauma uh, in their own life that either society or their neighborhood or their family or their community distilled on them at a young age. I mean, I've watched people in group settings, grown men who most people may look at and be scared of, like break down in tears thinking about a beating their father. Mm. Having been involved with, you know, criminal activity, uh, you know, guys that, you know, have been lived on the fringes and like reach for things that, you know, other people may say might not be proper for them to reach for. But so I've seen the vulnerability in grown men, strong men, uh, be reached through when talked about some of these traumas. And so I'm, I'm quick to defend and I'm quick to put out there to anybody who may be ignorant to the fact that some of our greatest human beings are languishing behind the walls of these prison camps. Uh, and so make no mistake about it. I mean, we should be doing everything in our power, generally speaking, aside from quests for democracy, aside from LSPC or all of us or none, to end the systems of mass incarceration and this practice of thinking that we can throw away human beings. It's just, it's draconian and it's something that needs to stop and, and it's something I've dedicated my life to stopping. Thank you so much for that. Um, and I hope the folks that are listening uh, really feel that, that call as well. There, There is, I know that you've heard, um, there is a national call for decarceration. And of course, us abolitionists, you know, that see the, the envision a world without prisons um, is, is about that. It's about that this, this fight for our humanity. They're human beings. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and I'm, I'm just going to uh, reiterate that, yes, some of the most amazing people and the wisest, most loving people that I've met also, and this is new for me in my life. I've only been doing this work for about three years. And some of the most amazing people that I have met are people that are behind the walls and are now on the other side. Um, that that the, 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 the beautiful connections that I have made just with you, for instance, um, is, um, you know, just really just uh, flies in the face of what we are constantly being told. And you talk about the vulnerability of these men who we are taught to be, or people, but in this particular story you were talking about, this man who we are taught to be afraid of, um, and his being able to show his vulnerability. And we are also creating a society where that we call that a weakness. And I just want to say that I hope that we are going to start envisioning uh, again and uh, visioning a world and creating a world where that actually is the strength. To be able to be vulnerable, I think, is one of the things that we constantly avoid just as human beings in general, and it's not serving us. Um, and to to uh, continually deny ourselves our pain and our and to grieve through it and be able to grow from it, I think is something. Um, we're a little off topic in terms of that, but I just I feel like we need to be creating systems that allow for that vulnerability to take place before they get in 
out, outside of the prison setting. Absolutely. Those kinds of sources that say that we care. So thank you for um, sharing that. And I'm just so grateful that you are home. And I would like to say, how are you taking care of yourself? Because it is important that you take care of yourself as you're yes. giving your heart and soul. <laughs> That's a good question, Ruby. I think that, you know, I've, I've given my life to the struggle. Uh, as, a, as a comrade of yours and a fellow abolitionist, I realize that the work is never done as long as there's any you know, man, woman, or child uh, behind the walls suffering in a cage in a place that's inhumane and a place that, that is, is below uh, what we should be doing as human beings uh, to one another. So, you know, what I found for myself is that I've just dived into the work literally since I've been home. I've spent very little time uh, doing anything else other than just working because, you know, I have homies and people that I've grown up with and friends that I've made that are still behind the wall. And so I, how can I enjoy meals and life and everything else when some of the people that are closest to me are still dealing with, you know, guards doing stuff to them, uh, living in terrible conditions. Uh, now they're dealing with the epidemic or pandemic of COVID, uh, which for those of the listeners that aren't familiar with the dangers of something like COVID in the prison environment. Uh, it's almost like having COVID and people stuffed into a bottle together. Uh, there's not a lot of space to move. There's not a lot of uh, uh, opportunities to disinfect. There's not a lot of opportunities to have uh, alcohol-filled hand sanitizer, which guards are so silly they think that everybody's going to turn that into some form of an alcoholic drink, uh, so therefore they don't allow us to have it. Uh, they're currently, CDC is making masks and selling them to other states while they're not giving their own uh, prisoners masks. So, you know, that, that it's hard for me to think about anything other than that because, you know, people are dying. Four people died last week in Chino Prison. Uh, Lancaster has over 60 cases uh, of people that have uh, had come down with COVID, and it's a, it's a pandemic that scares me uh, for the people that are behind the wall stuck and can't come out. Uh, for me, you know, I've been working from home, spending a lot of time just trying to, you know, push policy platforms that I think can make a dent or make some type of small uh, effect in this mass criminal justice system or injustice system, uh, doing the little pieces that I can, and it seems like as soon as you do two pieces, there's ten more pieces to take its place. So the work is never done. Okay? And I've personally found it difficult to rest and to take it laying down. It's just not in my nature, which is probably why I spend so much time in solitary. Is that you know I've been a fighter all my life, and, and to lay down to me would just be that would be a different type of death. That would be like a psychic or spiritual death if I did that. So I'm, I'm maintaining, but, you know, I probably need to do a little bit more uh, what they call self-care, which is a new word I've used. I've learned since I've been out uh, self-care, which is supposed to be like rest and relaxation. But, you know, we can find time with that when the work is done, right? <laughs> okay, well, let me add radical self-care to it and maybe it will translate a little differently <laughs> but you but you are right you are right yes you know we do we you know the relaxation yeah it's it is a little tough right now to do some relaxation but okay and we of course um again but i want people to understand that 
we have a responsibility as well. Each of us, we need to bear this together. We need to bear this responsibility together. And it's not okay to take advantage of the servants of the people um, that are acting on our behalf. So uh, people, you need to step it up also so that uh, folks like I can can uh, get that can get that rest um, and still feel like you are uh, getting that the work is getting done. We all all hands on deck, please. All right. So Ken, um, I would love for you to talk about Quest for Democracy, and I know there's important um, uh, focus there as well with um, the bill SB 1064. So I definitely want to make sure we get a chance to talk about yeah. about that. Absolutely. And I, I just want to I want to qualify what I'm about to talk about. I'm about to talk about policy in Sacramento, politicians and people that those of us behind the walls typically don't look too highly of because they typically are at the other end of some of the reasons why we are where we are. And one of the things I've learned is being an abolitionist and believes in the abolition of prisons in general is that you have to take small bites in order to be able to eat the whole thing. I mean, we're dealing with the beast. Uh, we're, dealing, we're dealing with the state. We're dealing with the federal government, and that's a big apparatus. It's bigger than an elephant. And I know that you have to make small incremental changes in order to eventually get to big, massive changes. And there is a movement going on out here in society that I didn't even know was as big and as intense as it is. And there are a lot of people, thousands of people, that are working hard every day to end mass incarceration. There are thousands of people every day trying to get every woman that they can from behind the wall. There are thousands of people. Okay. All right. So we had a little, a little snafu there. Uh, Ken, are you with us? I'm, I'm here. Okay. Fantastic. So, um, you are on a beautiful roll of the, the, the thousands of people that are doing the work out here. Absolutely. So I, I, was, I was mentioning, New Bay, that I want your listeners to rest assured because I know many of us uh, are revolutionary in nature and are very concerned about what's going on with mass incarceration in this country and in this state specifically, and that I just want to assure everybody that the work is being done and that the struggle has many elements and many moving pieces. Uh, being able to advocate uh, for policy changes through the state is but one piece of the work. We also do organizing in the streets and in the community and all different types of uh, strategies we use every day to raise awareness and, and help the brothers and sisters, not only behind the wall, but the ones that are here, uh, out here struggling. So this is what kind of accumulates into what we call Quest for Democracy, which started six years ago when all of us and none wanted to uh, organize all of the nonprofit organizations in the state that represent our folks and organize all of the formerly incarcerated and system-impacted people uh, and descend upon Sacramento and let them know that we know how to bang the drum and we demand that our voices be heard. And so what that's ended up being is an annual event where everybody goes to Sacramento, we get on buses, we check into hotel rooms, we ascend on the lawn of Sacramento on a morning and spend two or three hours congregating with each other and organizing. And then we storm the Capitol building and go into every politician's office, and we demand that they hear our voice for a wide variety of criminal justice reform bills. This year, I'm, I'm especially excited about participating in Quest for Democracy for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is my first opportunity to ever see 
this type of event. Uh, I spent just about a quarter of a century in, in prison, and prior to that I lived in Los Angeles and South Central LA and had no idea that something like this was even possible. The other reason that I'm excited is because I spent almost nine years in solitary confinement. Uh, and one of the reasons that I went to solitary confinement and one of the things that I witnessed from other brothers that were in solitary confinement is the use of what they call confidential information. Uh, and that's the subject of a bill this year sponsored by Nancy Skinner, a, a senator from Oakland who has sponsored a bill to actually ban the use of solitary confinement, I mean, not solitary, confidential information to place people in solitary confinement indefinitely. Uh, prior to the Asker versus Brown case, the Department of Corrections was able to take anybody off of a prison population yard and put them in solitary confinement for decades. And I want to repeat that, not for a year, not for two years, but for decades. Decades. Now, and I would just like to add to that, and that's with um, two weeks being con considered torture. Right. Uh, by the United Nations. The United Nations exactly. put out a report that said anything between two, I think 15 to 30 days would be considered torture internationally if you were taking a human being and placed them in solitary confinement. Right. So since the 70s, uh, the Department of Corrections has kind of gotten away with taking people that they didn't like, taking people that they thought were troublemakers and taking people thought that they were that were politically dangerous and placing men, and in some cases women, into solitary confinement buildings and keeping them there indefinitely without any form of due process, without any form of real accusation, without having done anything. Uh, I myself never uh, committed any act on behalf of a gang or any other kind of way. I was simply just a political uh, activist who read a lot of political literature, uh, including books by George Jackson and Black Panthers and uh, many others uh, who were able to teach me about black history. And because of that, I was taken from a prison yard and placed in solitary confinement uh, for almost a decade. To so essentially break you? Most definitely it did not. No, it did not, but that is what they did it for. Yes, they, intend, they intended to break me. Yes. Uh, but I think they locked up the wrong person because that only <laughs> strengthened me. Uh, I didn't let it break me. It just made me more defiant. Uh, and I'm mm -hmm. fond of telling people that I have too much Nat, too much Nat Turner in me to, to break like that. Uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> so, 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 you know, the fact that we get to go and advocate on Monday, uh, I didn't mention the event, but the event that we on Monday, May the 18th, between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. And because of the COVID uh, epidemic, COVID-19 stay-at-home orders, we're going to be doing this digitally for the first time. So those of you that have a computer or a cell phone, uh, whether you're behind the wall or not, I would advise you to watch this monumental event because it will be the biggest rally and the biggest advocacy day in the state of California that's ever happened uh, live on the web using a platform called WebEx, which is very much like Zoom. And we're, we're going to be banging the drum. We're going to get together. We're going to party. We have music. We have hip-hop artists. We have spoken word artists. It's powerful. And then we're going to get these legislators in these Zoom rooms, and we're going to let them know about SB 1064. We're going to let them know about removing 
involuntary servitude as a punishment for a crime from the California Constitution. We're going to be advocating for women in a major way with AB 3052, which is to give reparations for all the women that were sterilized both inside and outside of prison, uh, a bill put on by Assemblymember Carrillo. We're going to be talking about the fines and fees for, that happen when you go to court and through restitution orders uh, that the communities we come from shouldn't have to continue to be saddled with debt that is uncollectible because we don't make the money or have the money to pay these outrageous fines and fees that are uh, saddled on us by the court. Uh, this that's was the whole idea behind convict leasing funds. Absolutely. That, you know, we, we know that comes straight uh, after the Civil War, you know, when they implemented the Black Codes and everything else. Convict leasing was a major uh, issue for African Americans in this country because the South didn't want to let go of slavery. As a matter of fact, I spoke on a webinar today about ACA 6, which is a constitutional amendment to restore voting rights for 50,000 men and women that are on parole. So once you get out of prison and you're on parole, California has this notion of civil death, which is that even though you've done your time and you've paid the state, you will continue to pay with hundreds of different civil disabilities. Uh, and so I'm fighting every day to remove civil disabilities for people that have served their time because, you know, I operate under the presumption that I don't owe you anything. Uh, once I've done the time and once I've given you what I'm supposed to give you, I shouldn't have to continue to fill your coffers with my blood and sweat, and uh, I should be able to participate in society like everybody else. Uh, I pay taxes, unfortunately, just like everybody else. Uh, I participate in community. I, I pay gas tax. You know, and do everything else that every other citizen does, yet they don't want me to have a voice. They want me to be silenced, and they want my brothers and sisters who are on parole to be silenced. And we believe we should have a stake in what goes on in our community. I should be able to vote for laws uh, that I don't want passed or that I do want passed. I should be able to vote for my representation. I should be able to vote whether we want New Bay for governor, you know, something to put out there next year. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. I'm hitting the ground running. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's just it's just yes. a wonderful it's just a wonderful event where people from all over the state of California, not just in the Bay Area, L.A., San Diego, the Central Valley, come together. And if you have a family conviction or you've been touched or your family's been touched by the mass incarceration carceral system, then this is an event you want to watch because this is where we all get together and have our barbecue, so to speak, and we all get together. And, family, we have conversations, we introduce ourselves to one another, we talk about what are the ways that we can build bridges and build community and fight back. Because if we don't do it, no one's going to fight for us. We're, we're really considered to be on the fringes of community, which is why our civil rights and our human rights are, are taken away from us, uh, even though we're, we've done our time already. Like uh, I'm, I'm trying to participate in society, I'm trying to have a family and, and work for a living and just do what I can do to have my best life, and yet all these barriers still exist for me. I still have to check a box about whether I've been convicted of a felony and have somebody judge me. I was recently denied an apartment because uh, they found out that I had a felony conviction and, and they wouldn't rent to me even though I had the money to rent the apartment. So, you know, the housing crisis in California, especially in the Bay Area, is largely due to these types of laws, these types of uh, perspectives and philosophies that the state continues to impose on us brothers and sisters uh, uh, that have served some time. So 
that's the event news bay in short. And then I would advise everybody, you know, if we can uh, either post the flyer on the website or maybe we can provide the link for people to register for the event. It's free. Uh, you'll see people from all over the nation participate in this, participate in this event and watch uh, from all over. So we're, we're just really excited about it, and I'm excited to answer any questions or send people information on it if they need it. Uh, they can reach out to me at Ken, K-E-N, at prisonerswithchildren.org, and we can chop it up about Quest for Democracy or any other idea or thought or concern that you have. I consider you all to be my people. If you're out here listening to New Bay, New Bay's friends are mine, and then we can make, make some movement. That is fantastic. I'm going to encourage people, yes, to reach out to you at uh, Ken at prisonerswithchildren.org. We will definitely be uh, putting this fire up on the California Prison Focus website. Um, and I will also send this over to uh, the, just the KPOO station in general, and maybe, um, you know, people will um, mention it as well. So give us those, uh, those the time again and how, um, you know, what is it that they're looking for? So it, it, sure. you started with 10 to 2. It, right. Give us the date. Okay. So the, the event happens May 18th, which is Monday. Okay. Uh, mo most of us are uh, sheltering at home, uh, so hope we're hoping that there's an opportunity for people to tune in. Uh, we'll send a link out. As long as you register for the event, you will be sent a link to your email, and all you have to do is click on the link. It'll take you straight to the room. Uh, and then you can sit there and participate and watch. And as I mentioned, we'll, you'll in be introduced to all of the uh, organizations across the state that are involved with changing the criminal justice system in California. A lot of great people, uh, both men and women. You'll see uh, all the different bills that are going to be advocated for that day. We have bills that deal with immigration. The CDC is illegally turning people over to ICE once they've served their sentences. Uh, that's illegal under AB 54 that uh, was passed two years ago, but CDC is still doing it. So Can I just say something sure. too about that? Yes. That's illegal. That's also inhumane. And we really, again, I, I just really want to put that in there because so much of what you're talking about is how we are relating to each other as human beings, how we are relating to each other in the spirit of humanity to to do what they're doing. So I just, I, I'm sorry, I needed to say that. <laughs> and no, that, 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 that's excellent. I mean, just, just, just for other people, we have a little bit of something for everybody, like, for example, there's a bill called the Crisis Act, which is AB 2054, which is being led by Kat Brooks, who any of you from Oakland are probably familiar with, uh, that talks about community intervention versus police intervention. So we're trying to start a pilot program and pass a pilot program that allows community to intervene when you have mental health crisis or other different types of crises that we can deal with ourselves in the community and are more effective at dealing with ourselves rather than calling the police who don't care about our communities, who don't care about locking people up, who don't care about the mess and the destruction and the harm that they leave behind. Uh, we know what that looks like, those people that are listening. We know what the police do to our communities. We know what they do to our loved ones. And what we're saying is that get the hell out of our communities. We can deal with this ourselves. And so we're pushing those types of bills. We're pushing bills that affect your life. I can guarantee you there's a bill that we're advocating for on Monday that affects you or a loved one. And just as an added caveat, 
because people oftentimes when it comes to politics say, well, why should I get involved? I don't care. Like the numbers count. When I'm talking to Senator Skinner or when I'm talking to the governor, when I'm talking to people, when they see a thousand people show up on a screen, they know that there's people there supporting this cause. When right. no one shows up and no one's there, like they don't pay attention to that. Right. They don't care if I'm talking about something if I have nobody behind me. But when I show up on their doorstep and I got a thousand soldiers, even if they're just watching, it's like the scene in Malcolm X when they showed up at the jail and they saw a thousand Muslims standing out there and Malcolm X demanded that that brother who was beaten by the police be addressed. <laughs> they went in there and handled yeah. that and addressed that, right? Absolutely. So it's, that, it's that type of effect. And so I just want to urge people who typically aren't involved with politics, who typically don't care what goes on in Sacramento, like participate with us and your loved ones because we're the people, we're from the trenches, we're your folks, and come support us while we push the doors in in Sacramento. Absolutely. You're really, uh, thank you for that. And I hope people are hearing that, bringing the power back to the people. We have to empower ourselves. That's that. We have to claim our power to the people. And it's in those numbers where we are powerful. And if it's about safety, then there's that safety in numbers. And what is that wonderful phrase? I, it's just not coming up. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, the, you know, basically, it, there's you, you won't get anything if you don't demand. That's um, right. Power, power concedes nothing without demand. Thank you. Power can, yes. And and let's be clear, too. We are allowing them to have this power. We have to, we have to reclaim our own power because they keep trying to. And that's like, again, uh, what is it? Power concedes nothing without a, a demand. That's right. Frederick. Okay. Jones. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So. Thank you so much for that. Now, how do people register? Because um, we don't have the, the flyer up at the moment. So how do people register, or should we tell them to go? Yeah, how do they register? Sorry. So w when you put the flyer up, there'll be a registration link on the flyer, or okay. if, people, if people email me directly, and we can give that out one more time before we hang up, uh, I'll send them a copy of the flyer or the link. So you'll register right there in the link. You just put your name and your email in there, and then... A day or two before the event, you'll be sent an email with the link. It'll be highlighted in light blue uh, for those of you who are familiar with that. And all you have to do is put your cursor there, click it, and it'll take you to the event. And then for four hours, it's going to be a combination of a family reunion and a banging of the drum on these politicians that are doing what they ain't supposed to do in Sacramento. Okay, fantastic. Now, I do have a question for you. Are, are, is there going to be, a, we're, we're talking the virtual, you know, we're talking about online. Now, are, are there actually people going to Sacramento, like any kind of car, caravan or something like that? Is that happening? No, we're doing, we're going to be okay. doing phone banking and everything will be digital. Fabulous. Okay. This is, oh, this is going to be outstanding. I am so excited to hear this. Okay. So just um, from. I have uh, one other surprise, Newbank. Yeah, please. For those of you who are locals in Northern California. We're going to have a great lineup of hip-hop artists, young local artists, and even big artists. And one of our key performers will be Guapale oh, uh, from yes. Oakland. So she'll be performing uh, in the middle of this event, uh, do a couple songs for us and talk to the people. And it's always good when you have somebody that reaches back to the community they come from and are able to provide, you know, their soul-soothing uh, piece to something like the struggle. And so we're, we're proud to have her and work in collaboration with the Hip Hop Collective 
uh, Coffrey J and, and others uh, to put on a great show for the people that attend and uh, participate. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, we need the music. We need the arts and the music. This is a part of life. That is, I'm so happy to hear that. This is going to be outstanding. Oh, can't wait. Okay, we've just got a few more days here. This is fantastic. Okay, so um, I'm going to let folks know, um, coming from me, that you can go to prisons.org. That's www.prisons.org, and we will list the flyer there. Just go to our calendar page. And uh, for you, Ken, again, your uh, contact info? Yes, it's Ken, K-E-N, at prisonerswithchildren.org. If you email me directly, just please put in the byline that you're asking about Quest for Democracy. I will send you a flyer, and you can register off the flyer. Uh, if you just want to ask questions or do something else, uh, feel free to do that as well. All right. Thank you so much, Ken, for making yourself so available, for having just such – I'm so glad that, yes, they didn't snuff out that fire. And um, <laughs> we need you out here, and I, inspire, I, I encourage people I to be I inspired. I need you all. I need the people. That's what, that's what gives me breath. Okay, that's, well, right. Well, we need each other. That's the idea. Sure. Let's be inspired by one another, and, and together we can do this. This is this is shared humanity, Ubuntu. Absolutely. All right, Kim. Thank you so much. It's just it's always a pleasure to have you back. And we, uh, folks, be sure to tune in um, the following week because uh, Ken, I want you to give an update. Absolutely. Just okay. Call me I'm here for you anytime, and I appreciate all the listeners uh, reach out. And if there's anything I can be of service to, be sure to don't hesitate to call. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Ken. Bye-bye. Okay, Okay, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Remember, please go to California Prison Focus's website at www.prisons.org and uh, get that information on how to uh, participate in the Quest for Democracy happening on Monday, May 18th from 10 to 2. And of course, we are going to have to listen to some Goa Pele. Here is Power.
Hello and welcome back. Now we're going to hear from Imulimu, another unbroken, brilliant person who unfortunately is still inside. Um, we hope to have him return to us soon. Here we go. It had already been shown that it was illegal to keep you guys uh, entombed in solitary confinement for decades. And you should have come home. You should have not gone on to the general population and then have to go up for parole. Like, you'd already been denied parole and been denied options. So I would love for you to, to, if you want to say something about that. Well, we understand. We, we understand that we're not going to get nothing easy. We have to challenge these conditions that these bureaucrats put a, put on us, these limitations that they were able to establish by putting us in the shoe, you know. And once we put our heads together, we knew that it was going to be an uphill battle transitioning to society. So they put more limitations with these groups. Um, they're considering letting certain people home, but it's not that they feel we're going to commit criminal acts. It's not that. They know we're not going to commit those. Mm -hmm. They know we're going to re-educate people and wake people up to do the same. Realize you're being controlled by a system and, and teach them how to fight that system on all fronts, legal fronts. You know, break psychological modes that they have you under and, and, and have had us under for so, so long that we've snapped up out of that. You know, um, we're going to challenge them legally through with their own law and show them that they left clauses in here that further oppress us. You know, we're going we're gonna to implement socialist practices that work in the community. Even though they have established a capitalist system, we're going to break that. We're going to use that, but we're going to fund our own businesses and grow and thrive our businesses and spend money with each other, you know, so that the money stays in the community. You know, we're going to practice our own cultural ways of doing things. You know, we're going we're gonna to have unity with all the masses in our class struggle, religious unity, you know, racial unity. We're not going to allow them to to stop us from thriving and prospering as a class, all ethnicities, you know. So, you know, if, if, if we knew that they're not going to just let us, you know, write out, and if we have to stay in prison, the only thing we can do to combat them is to build liberation schools so that those who do have a release date can go back into society and start that process until we get there. So that's, that's where our mind frame is at. And... It hasn't weakened us or, or frustrated us to the point where we'll ever give up. Because whether we, whether a lot of us get out or not, as long as we plant the seed in those that can't get out, you know, those fertile minds will, will grow and thrive and prosper and do positive things out there. So the effect is still there. Just like the ancestors who died and left us a platform for us to build on and advance and, and grow and develop our unique ways that um that help with this new time as things have changed. So. We're staying the course, you know, and, and you know, you, you, you don't have, you, you have a lot of wins because a lot of people have gotten out and have started um, organizations and they got positive things going on out there, you know, for the youth. And, you know, like I said, until we can get there, as long as we can re-educate these young fertile minds and they can get there and do it and change comes, it's still a desired effect, you know. So, you know, that's where we're at right now with that. Oh, well, I just want you to know that you are so appreciated for, for staying so strong, and I want you to know that you have our utmost respect and support out here. I always want you to know that. 
um, none of this should be happening in vain and and without knowledge. I, I mean, getting God. your getting God. your voice out here, um, exposing. Um, well, basically, what uh, I hear from you is changing the narrative because CDCR, right. you know, they're trying to put out this narrative about who you are. So it's very important. So I so appreciate you again staying strong. It's so important that um, we actually get to hear from you about what you're doing and you saying what y'all are doing and who you are as opposed to what CDCR is trying to say or any of these other, you know, CCPOA as well. Right. So. Right. The amazing work that you're doing, and and we are going to be out here helping to um, expose and 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 educate the folks out here. So thank you for exposing. Right. Right. Well, well thank you. I appreciate you. Um, you know, it's, it's you all who are, are in our corners who do good work out there. That and, and we're glad to see it. You know, we're we're thankful. You know, happy, and we we feel blessed that we are able to have loved ones out there who understand what we're going through and work with us in this um, united front to change the narrative out there as well. You know, and that's what keeps us going because we know that success is there. You know, we feel that that positive energy, and it throws us right into the driver's seat because if our loved ones can feel and understand what our struggles and sacrifices were behind the walls and can do the work out there. You know, it, it, it shows that we're growing together as a people, you know, and as a class. So thank you, sister, for always, you know, being there and uh, doing the work that you all do. Because without you all, there wouldn't be no us. You know, we'd be struggling in vain, you know. So we thank you and appreciate you. And we always send you our love. You know, you always got love coming from Imwalimu. And, and any other comrades, I, I'm, I'm sure they are... Uh, they will always do the same, let you all know how much, you know, you mean to us and how much we appreciate you guys' efforts out there. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. You know, collectively, especially. And uh, I know we'll get through this pandemic. You know, like I said, we believe it's another attack of chemical warfare established by the 1% class to curb population control. Um, so we're not, you know, we're not uh, really surprised that it's happening the way it is. It's just that... If more people start realizing that this is how they, the games that they play and understanding it, you know. You have 60 seconds remaining. They'll be able to prepare mentally for it and it won't depress them or hurt them psychologically or, or, or hurt them in any way, you know. So um, thank you, you know, and, and we'll continue to do our job in here. Look forward to working with you all when we get there and you guys keep up the good work out there. Um, they're going to cut us off again, but uh, okay. I will call it. So have, a, have, have another round of questions for me, and uh, I'll send you my love. Take care. Stay healthy. Protect yourself at all times. And uh, your Mother's Day card should be there soon. I have to put more postage on it. Oh, thank you so much. You are so kind and thoughtful, Emilino. Thank always, you. Always, always, sister, always. Send you my love. Take care, and I'll talk to you again. Okay, yes, you take care, and thank you for the beautiful survival skills for humanity. Thank you. Always, always. Okay. All right, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, that's just beautiful work there. Um, just so grateful to be able to have these conversations with these just amazing, wise, loving, powerful people. I would like to read a poem written by Immortal Scorpion. Um, again, this is Prison Focus Radio and California. This is a, a station, a program from uh, of California Prison Focus. And we get amazing letters um, in the office, poetry, artwork, 
letters, commentary, articles, the, the brilliance of beautiful human potential and human capacity and, and uh, caging it up. But we're doing our best out here. Like uh, Imulima said, um, he's thankful to us. We're thankful to them. Let's keep this up. Let's do this work. One of the things that we do get, again, are our our poems. So this is My Spirit's Free. I want to read this to you. The words that I recite will never die, immortalized upon my mind. I find the verses I'm manifesting are the spiritual elements that release me from these dark crevices. Watch me be more than your statistics. Surpass your every expectations. Strong, loyal, and dedicated, I remain the only master of my destiny's destination. I'm much more than just a simple vessel inside a box. I am much more than just this. These mere words that I'm reflecting, for my blazing soul remains unconquered, and like the eagle soaring upon the sky, my spirit's free. The Revealer of Faces, Immortal Scorpion. Okay, folks, that's our show for the week. Thank you so much for sharing space with me again. We will see you next week. Please uh, don't forget to uh, visit the California Prison Focus website. There you can hear the archives of this radio show at www.prisons.org and also check out the calendar for any events that will be coming up. Um, As you know, Quest for Democracy is coming up on Monday. I do want to remind you that um, we are beginning to do Facebook Live series for Liberate the Caged Voices every Friday at 10 a.m., Go to the California Prison Focus web, uh, Facebook page and uh, you will see me there uh, for about half an hour just giving some updates and, of course, another platform to hear the voices on the outside or on the inside. Excuse me. Again, shout out to our comrades, friends, loved ones behind the wall and your families. Thank you for listening in. Um, you can get in touch with me at newbayatprisons.org. Okay, let's uh, get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer.
Thank you.